Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off, and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo-choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike. With co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. I am. That just happened. That just happened. Another edition of Most Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Mike Carter currently en route to the brand new Woodbine Mohawk facility for the first time. Mike Carter's going to check out the new digs and uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise that uh, maybe we'll save towards the end of the broadcast. But uh, nonetheless, today's version of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, is going to be equivalent, Mike Carter of the hurry-up offense in football, the two-minute drill. Get up to the line, hike it, throw it, get back up to the line because it's going to be a very fast-paced afternoon or morning. Welcome, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be fast-paced. Uh, we got a ton of different George Morton Levy trainers and drivers on, and uh, we're going to talk George Morton Levy. We're going to talk the blue-chip matchmaker. And speaking of that, Mike, we, uh, we have reached the finals of our George Morton Levy uh, bracket buster. Uh, we spent the last uh, five weeks getting ready for this uh, final, and uh, we're down to the final two. And can you believe that John Vernags, the defending champ from last year, once again is in the finals? And I've heard rumors that this guy is one of the best handicappers when it comes to old Hilltop Yonkers Raceway, and I guess he's walking the walk. He won the thing last year. 32 men last year. This year, we doubled it, 64, and he's still plowing through the competition. But I think he's going to have some problems with Mr. Andrew Dukoski. He's a good handicapper in his own right. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, definitely. The uh, last two weeks have kind of really shown uh, who can handicap and uh, who's had a little Totals have been pretty high, so uh, it's, it's going to be exciting, that's for sure. But, uh, Mike, we're also going to talk to the Hilltop Handicapper, Mr. Pete Minaglia. And uh, we've had Pete on the program the last couple of weeks uh, talking the George Morton Levy series. And, Mike, you know, one thing I'm going to have to talk to some of these traders and drivers about is how they keep their horses going over the five-week period. Uh, you know, it's, it's a long five weeks, a long series, but uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. Yeah, certainly will. Plus, we're going to be joined towards the uh, end of the program by Janine Gensick from Pacing for the Cure. It's our monthly Pacing for the Cure segment. She's got a lot of thank yous to pass out, and I can't wait to get to that because it was uh, good, good stuff. That's coming up towards the end of the program. But li- listen to our lineup real quick. And we got Tony Lanyon. Holdy's going to join us. We're even going to forego 
the commercial break that we usually do right at the top of the show. But Tony Alanya, Jordan Stratton, Renee Allard, Tim Tietrich, Jen Bongiorno, Jeff Bamet, Yannick Gingra. Can you believe that, Mike? Can you believe that guest list? That's good stuff. It's it's beautiful. It's going to be very fast-paced. We're not going to hold these guys and gals long, but it's going to be just a, a quick pace show. We'll talk to them a little bit about their horses and their prospects coming up this weekend, the big card coming up on Saturday at Yonkers Raceway. Without further ado, let's get to our good friend, trainer, Tony Alanya. Tony, are you still basking down to the sunshine in Florida? Did you make it back up north yet? I actually flew back last night to Florida from uh, from New Jersey. I flew out last Friday and went home, and uh, we just shipped uh, Stay Hungry, American History, and uh, a host of other three-year-olds up there, and I went up to train them on Saturday and trained Dr. J on Wednesday, yesterday, and then I flew back last night to train the babies one more time in Florida, and then I'm heading back tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night to be there for the Levy on Saturday and to stay put in Jersey. Dr. Jay Hanover is the horse you speak of. Tony is in the $532,000 George Morton Levy final. He draws post two. He's had a pretty good run of it uh, as far as the uh, lead-up legs, the five legs leading up to the finals. Let's first talk about how Dr. Jay Hanover trained throughout the week. Yeah, he had a very good week. Uh, I was very happy with how I trained or how he trained yesterday. Blood work checks out good. Scope uh, after training, everything looks great. So, uh with the two-hole, hopefully uh, we can get a good piece of it. Now, Tony, talk to us a little bit about what it takes to keep the horse going over this five-week period. It's obviously a very grueling five weeks. and Dr. Jay Hanover has been racing extremely well throughout the entire series. Uh, what kind of regimen does it take to uh, keep him going? Yeah, that's uh, it's a, it can be a very tough series. Um, you know, most people that uh, are planning to go on the Levy or, or have given the horse the luxury of uh, some time off over the winter time and kind of have them primed uh, going into it with either two qualifiers in one race or you know two qualifiers to start the Levy. So that way, hopefully, uh, you have them at their peak by the time the final comes around. And you know, we were given the luxury of winning the first three legs and getting the week off and. Uh, I think it definitely is a benefit to any horse that can uh, can get that week off going into the final. Tony, let's talk about post two. Uh, you draw the inside, and, you know, listen, we're going for 532K. There's no passing lane. I expect this race to be uh, a lot of movement involved. You've got the Keystone Velocity. You broke the schneid last week to get into the finals. You've got Evening of Pleasure, Market So. You know, Rocket Rod, a lot of speed, but he's out in post eight. I think that could help you. Of course, Western Frame from the inside. It's a good betting race. It's a wide open race. Tony, where do you, where would you like to see Dr. J Hanover at the break? What kind of position would you like to see him have? Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent I think it's going to be a Wild West show going into the first turn there for 532,000. Nobody's going to uh, take off the gate and let anybody waltz around there for that kind of money. Uh, you know, with uh, Western Fame and uh, Mark with the rail, I definitely, you know, he's going to push and protect position, and uh, you know, Brett's going to push, and it's just a matter of who else decides to come from the outside. But there's going to be one or two others leaving out of there, I'm sure, and. I would just like to, you know, if we can get away and, uh, you know, on top and let somebody go or if he gets away behind Western fame and, you know, he's not going to turn too many people loose. But uh, after that's going to just be a game of luck because with no passing lane, of course, you're going to have to have some things go your way uh, to get out and get a shot at him. 
Now, Tony, one of the luxuries that uh, Dr. J. Hanover has had is that Doug McNair uh, kind of worked with them a little bit uh, towards the start of the season. Now, obviously, you have to change over to Brett Miller. Uh, do you, do you, is that any sort of a concern to you from a horse standpoint? I think that, uh, you know, it's definitely a, he's the type of horse that likes, uh, likes aggression. You know, Dr. J, that's his game. You know, he's a leave and sit type of horse. You know, he's uh, been lucky enough to uh, get out of there and get on top and have some good fractions and be able to face big tail ends on it, the first three legs. But, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, attributes to his quickness off the gate. You know, he's able to dictate things, but, you know, the good thing about him is is that Doug McNair, Brett Miller, you know, even Scott, you know, they all have a similar style where this horse likes it to be, uh, to be, you know, hustled up a little bit and be involved. And uh, I think that uh, Brett fits the horse very well, just like Doug did, and definitely Scott Zeron as well. So he's not a tough horse to drive. He just likes a, a driver that's going to put him into play. Fantastic. Well, Tony, Liz, we certainly appreciate you joining us. One real quick question before we let you go. If you kind of mapped out the, the season for Dr. J Hanover, you kind of just taking it one event, one race at a time. Well, we'll give him a little, uh, little break after this, of course, you know, and uh, then we'll head on to the next, you know, we, we talked to uh, Greg Gangle up at London uh, about the race up there and um, he's got a full dance card. We staked him very, very heavily this year at five. You know, we tried to pick and choose our spots last year as a four-year-old, but this year, you know, with a nice long rest and the way he's come back, you know, we've, he's got a full dance card. Good stuff. Well, buddy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck come Saturday. Well, I appreciate it. Great talking to you guys. All right. That was Tony Alanya, the uh, trainer of Dr. J Hanover. It's going to be a Wild West show. I think he's absolutely right. Going for 530K. And actually, Mike, I think this is going to be the first real test for Yonkers without the passing lane because you got these guys going for a lot of money. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, and it's going to be a true litmus test as to uh, how this thing without the passing lane is going to go. Mike, what say you? Yeah, definitely. I agree with that statement. Uh, you know, a Wild West show going into the first turn pretty much describes it. I mean, there's a ton of speed in this race. The question is, is the pace going to fall apart? And if it does and the pace collapses, those horses coming from off the pace, it'll be interesting to see where some of those horses are positioned. Could they be four and five wide turning for home? That's going to be the real, uh, the real question. No question about that question, my friend. When we come back, we still have a a boatload. Don't go anywhere. This is an action-packed edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's our matchmaker, Levy Preview. Jordan Stratton's in the on-deck circle. Renee Alarn, Tim Tietrick, Jen Bongiorno, Jeff Bain, Yannick Shingron, Janine Gessick, Pete Finalia. Hey, we're going to try to fit him in somehow. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back right after this. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. 
join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on this edition of Bo's Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. It's our hurry up offense edition of Bo's Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. So we're taking a look at the George Morton Levy Blue Chip Matchmaker and the Constellations coming up on that big card on Saturday at Yonkers. Right now, we're joined by Jordan Stratton. Jordan, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Well, listen, buddy, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, let's quickly go through your drives in uh, the consolations and the finals coming up on Saturday at Yonkers. We'll start in the seventh race. The uh, defending blue chip matchmaker champion Mackenzie uh, settling for the consolation this year, going for $75,000. And uh, she draws post six. She has been uh, awarded the two to one morning line favorite status. What can you tell us a little bit about her and how she's raced the last couple of weeks? Uh, obviously, I would like to have her in the final, but just with the weather over the winter, she was kind of a little behind schedule, and then we had a bunch of outside post positions, and then last week, she kind of had a, a bump on her leg that Peter was a little worried about, so he gave her the week off, and it turned out to be nothing. She must have bumped it in the field or something, but, you know, just the, you know, drawing the outside and having to come from behind, so far behind every week, she just didn't make, have the points to get in the final, and you know, it is what it is. We'll just hopefully win the consolation. Now, Jordan, you drive Stella Bid in the Blue Chip Matchmaker Final, going for a purse of $373,000. You draw post number two. How important is post position uh, now at Yonkers Raceway? Obviously, it was important before, but now without the uh, passing lane, I'm sure it's got to be that much more important. Yes, 
definitely important. Uh, I was really, really happy with her last week. Uh, the earlier week, she was kind of off her game a little bit, but last week was probably the best I've seen her all year. So that was very, uh, very good going into the final. And the two holes is, is great. She's got great speed. Obviously, the horse to beat has the rail. So uh, I don't know. We'll play the gate, but hopefully, be forwardly placed. Yeah, that's the thing, and I think uh, you mentioned the strategy. That was going to be my next question. I mean, you've got Sharton uh, from the inside. Obviously, she made that break, uh, but she's uh, drawn the rail, and, and she's probably the one to beat just based on her earlier performances of her legs. I mean, she's kind of been like a bull in a china shop in there, but you've got that Lady Shadow who's always got a lot of speed. You know, Medusa can be sneaky at times. How are you expecting this pace? you expecting this pace to be kind of fast up front early on, or uh, you think there's going to be a lot of horses that are going to take back and things will be kind of easy. What do you think? I, I think everybody's going to be looking to the left to see how Timmy's mare gets out of the gate. Um, my my mare has a lot of a lot of gate speed, so I'll be using that. And, you know, you just got to play the first turn, how it turns out. You really can't map it out in a race like this. Well, you've got the uh, George Morton Levy final coming up in race number 10. And uh, I'll tell you what, you, you, you talked about having a hard time mapping these races out, especially big races, especially when you, you, you know, you get to the start of the gate. Now you're going for 532,000, the Levy final. What Tony Alania, our guest uh, before trainer of Dr. J Hanover said, it is going to be a Wild West show up front early. And you're outside post seven with Bit of a Legend. Obviously, Bit of a Legend's had a lot of success over this racetrack. But I think everybody from a handicapping point of view suspects that there's going to be a lot going on early. You're out in post seven. What do you think uh, as far as how this race shapes up on paper? Uh, you know, I, I hope guys are fighting and parking each other. And that the more Wild West it is, the better it is for me. You know, my horse loves to come from behind, loves to have a target. And, you know, the Garrity last year, that it was a wild race going into it, and it turned out to be a wild race, and he, he picked him up through the lane. So I'm hoping for the, the same outcome, but I'll try to, try to stir every fire I can and get guys try to park each other, everything I can try to do. Now, Jordan, obviously a bit of a legend, uh, comes back into uh, a big snake season this year after a monster snake season last year. Uh, what kind of schedule do you guys kind of have mapped out for him, or is it going to be kind of a day-by-day uh, kind of thing? Yeah, I don't really know too much about that on that side of things. Peter handles all that. Uh, I would assume most of the invites. I think he's got the race in um, at Northfield. The, I think it's the Battle of Lake Erie. And, uh, you know, just a couple other races that he had last year. So, But I'll be following him around wherever he goes. Jordan, one real quick question before we let you go. I mean, how do you think the, the removal of the passing lanes affected things over at Yonkers? Has, has the racing changed, at least from your point of view? Yeah, I think no question. It's definitely changed. There's, there seems to be more action. You know, I've, I've, I myself have pulled the two-hole more often than not, you know, you just, if your horse has, has any sort of go or has a shot, you gotta, you gotta pull early and, you know, can't really get, just wait for the passing lane like you used to be able to and the handles up. And I think it was a, a very good move. 
Fantastic. Well, Jordan, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck over the weekend. You have a whole slew of drives coming up, uh, not only in them four, uh, in them f- uh, three of the four big races, but also throughout the card. Best of luck to you, my friend. All right, guys. Thank you very much. All right, that was Jordan Stratton. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, he's going to have his hands full there with a bit of a legend from post seven. But I'll tell you what, Mike, if the prediction of Tony Alani comes through, and it's it's going to be a Wild West show that opening quarter. This very well may play right into the wheelhouse of a horse like Bit of a Legend, a horse that's going to kind of stay off the pace and watch how things develop. Oh, for sure. In the first leg, Mike, if you remember, he was flat out flying uh, late in the mile and just missed, uh, you know, towards the end of the trip. So this is a horse that can just flat out fly. And I see, like I said before, it could really come down – to a pace scenario, and you got to think, you know, from post seven, he's not going to get locked out at the inside. So uh, Jordan Stratton can kind of, uh, you know, sit back, kind of watch how things play out, and uh, this may fall right to his left. All right, still plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's a hurry-up offense version, as I like to call it. Still a, a, a just a boatload of fun coming up. Renee Alarn, Tim Tietrich, Jen Bongiorno, Jeff Bayman, Yannick Zingra, Pete Benalia, Janine Gessick, and even more than that. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We roll on after this. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands Pace. On Saturday, August 4th, we return to the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Foiled again, dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foiled again at Pet Rock together. Keystone Velocity in 147-3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35-1. to Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. We're 
back to this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Mosage. And we continue the George Morton Levy and Blue Chip Matchmaker discussion with trainer Renee Alar. Renee, how are you, Mike? Hey, very good. Hope all is good with you. All right, Renee. Yeah, so far uh, so good. We're actually headed up to uh, your neck of the woods. I'm headed up uh, to Mohawk, so uh, should be a should be a fun little uh, fun little trip. But uh, let's talk about Long Live Rock and the George Morton Levy constellation. Uh, Renee, uh, he draws a post number two, his three victories on the season. Uh, obviously, you have Chris and me just to your inside. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the post draw and uh, what your strategy is uh, for the constellation. Well, I was real happy with the inside post. You know, when you race on a half mile track, you you always want to get try to get the inside. So this horse, uh, you know, the first couple of legs of Levy, he's ready outside post and racing really good. You know, picking up thirds and picking up checks, and you know he's drew a little better last couple of weeks. You you know he was three wide finishing second, three start back, and then he was first up finish fourth. You know he really he never put a bad start, but it's a tough series every week, and you need a little bit of luck, you know. And I think this horse, if he had a little bit of luck, maybe drew better the first couple legs, he would have made the final. He's I believe he, he's sitting right on the bubble of making the final, but he's uh, he's a nice horse, and you know he can he can race either way. So that's what's nice about him. So he's fresh, you know. We didn't race him too hard last year. He's only had 23 start, and then, uh, this year, you know, he's uh, he's at, on top of his game right now. So I don't see why he wouldn't have a good shot in there. Certainly not. Draws the inside for driver Danielle DeBay. But, Renee, let's talk a little bit about the George Morton Levy final. Of course, Keystone Velocity perhaps a bit on the bubble until that big win uh, in his last start. He is the defending champ, of course, the older horse of the year. And, and uh, you know, watching you at the awards, Renee, uh, it, it was it was kind of cool to see up there, and it was kind of cool to hear the story about when he went to buy this horse because he was, you know, I mean, quite up there in age when he went to buy him. He, your ownership uh, connections kind of thought you were a little crazy for buying a horse that was uh, a bit up in age, but I'll tell you what, that certainly, uh, that certainly turned out to be a fantastic investment. You know, why tell us, give us a little bit of a background at Keystone Velocity. What actually did you see in the horse that made you want to plunk down the money to get him? Well, actually the time that I knew or heard of Keystone Velocity was like in 2013. He was, he was in the gold cup, Sasa elimination, and I, I, that's a race I love to go to. Race every year, it's in PEI, and and then I look at the horse, I'm like, geez, that's a good horse, and uh, and they scratched him. He never went to PEI, so that's when I actually learned and knew about the horse back in 2013. And after that, I kind of always kind of followed the horse and watched him, and then I watch him racing you know, in, in in the Levy after that. Uh, and and then I watched him race in Poconos, and he was always impressive. Like you know, and Simon got to drive him a couple times, like in 2016, and he went with him in 48 and two, and he went with him in 49 in the mud. And I like Jesus, this thing is, is amazing. And and you know, I started working on trying to buy the horse, and it was really hard to get the deal done. And finally, uh, when I was ready to buy the horse, I you know I had owners that were ready to to get a good horse uh, to, to race the high-end level when i called them everybody was on board till i told them the price and when i told them the price they said you're crazy <laughs> and uh you know especially with 
coming up from almost two years without racing because the connections had some legal problems with the the family and the horse couldn't race. So knowing that knowing that the horse wasn't racing, not due to health issue or soundness issue, just that it was like legal stuff. To me, I was like, well, if you look at it, you know, not too many horses anymore gets that much time off just for no reason, right? The horses they race. So the fact that he had all that time off, I figure, well, he's fresh and, you know, it doesn't matter what they did a few years back. It's what they're doing now. And the week before we bought him, you know, he was parked past a quarter at Pocono in 25 and three. He made a half at 53 and three in 2016 in October. And he's still all done in 48 and two. And that day was a sloppy track. So I said, if the horse can win in 48, park quarter and 25 seconds in a sloppy track, this horse, I need him, you know. And then we bought the horse. And when we first got him, like, he get cut first over and get a couple trips and his feet get a little sensitive. And we, we shut him down and give him time off. And he came back great last year. He's, you know, he's just a, a nice horse. I think it doesn't matter who would have him. He's just amazing, you know. Now, Renee, now, Renee, we talked to Tony, trainer Tony Alanya and driver Jordan Stratton about kind of how they think the race will set up. And uh, I think we're all in agreement that as much speed is in the race, uh, it could be a Wild West show going into the first turn. You draw post number three with Keystone Velocity, and just to your inside is Dr. J. Hitover. Going into a race like this uh, where you've raced five weeks leading up, what kind of strategy do you have going into the final? Well, I I always say, you know, when you're in a big race in the final, you know, you got you got to give your horse a shot anyway. You know, you if you want to sit, you might sit at home. You know, so I think a lot of my driver they're going to be aggressive. You know, especially the ones with the inside posts. And you know, I don't tell the driver what to do. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell them, hey, the horse feeling good or he's not. I can tell you, you know, the horse trained as good as a horse can possibly train yesterday. Uh, he's feeling on top of his game right now. I feel confident he's going to put up a good race for us, and I think he can leave hard. He can come first up. He can come with cover. I don't think it really matters to him. He's done it every way, so I'll just leave it up to Dan Dubay. My job is just to make sure the horse is on his A game, and I believe he will be. All right. Well, listen, Renee, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you come Saturday at Yonkers, and best of luck to you down the road. Yeah, we're going to be, I think, 16 uh, there Saturday night, so we're going to have a good fan club, and uh, it should be a fun night. And uh, good luck to everybody in the race, and uh, it's always great to be part of them big races. So thanks for calling. All right, thanks, Renee. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Renee Lauren, trainer of Keystone Velocity. And I'll tell you what, Mike, the defending champ was a little bit on the bubble. I mean, as far as this thing goes, he really needed that win last week to kind of get in, and the defending champ is in. And, uh, you know, hey, it's his sixth start of the year. You could just see each and every week he was kind of getting better, and uh, his form cycle certainly trending up. He draws inside. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see. He's going to be a major part of the early fractions, you would think, of this race. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, with Dr. J. Hanover drawing to his inside, we all know how much speed Dr. J. Hanover has. And I think that that's going to kind of really dictate – what the pace scenario looks like, uh, Mike, you know, with Keystone Velocity, it's going to determine how much they want to battle on the front end early. Who knows? Dan Dubay may take back uh, a little bit, you know, maybe take up the pocket and then pull towards the half. That'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of strategy these drivers have uh, going into that first turn. 
to launch the come this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Embed America, Tim Tetrix of the On Deck Circle, plus Jen Bongiorno, Jeff Bame, and Yannick Shingra, the Hilltop Helper, Pete Finalia, and Janine Gensick from Pacing for the Cure, all left to come on this jam-packed edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's the Levy Matchmaker Preview. More in a moment. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. We're back on Post Time. We're back on this edition of Post Time. Mr. Carter, <laughs> what's up, buddy? See, you you gave me the cue. You gave me you gave me the cue there. I thought I was bringing him in. So uh, well, you know what? <laughs> L- listen, you, you want to be? I'll be honest with you. Right when I was bringing this thing in, or we were both bringing this thing in, I was kind of going through our list of bumper music and trying to figure out how we could eliminate the country music aspect out of our bumper music. So I've got an idea on that. I'll talk to you about that maybe in a couple of days. Uh, li- listen, you can't eliminate the country music, although I'm pretty sure our next guest was dancing to uh, what you were just playing. So. All right. Well, let's bring him in. Tim Tietrich joins us now on the program. Timmy, welcome in, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. How's everything going? <clears throat> nah, we're doing fantastic. Hey, listen, nobody's doing as good as you, my friend, because I'm looking here at the uh, the two consolations uh, on Saturday as well as the blue chip matchmaker, and you've got that coveted rail spot in each of those three races. So that certainly had to be a welcome sight when you uh, logged on to U.S. Trotting and saw that, huh? Uh, no doubt, especially at Yonkers where the post position plays so much of a big role in the outcome of those races. And, uh I'm um, drawing the coveted rail. It's a great starting spot. 
All right, well, buddy, we haven't had a chance to talk with you since they removed the passing lane there, and obviously you've uh, driven quite a bit there since they've done that. So give us your take. What do you think? Uh, how's the racing changed from your perspective uh, with the removal of the passing lane? Well, my opinion, uh, you know, I, I don't think the passing lane hurt anything. Um, it just allowed the gambler to have more horses that with a shot to win the race, turning for home. Um, with taking it out, I see why they do it, but uh, you know it's changed a little bit. Um, you have to make bigger moves, and uh, you can't set second and third like you used to. Um, that saying at that track at Yonkers, it's it's tough to be out two turns and still win at that track. It's uh, you know it's rail bias and front end bias now, and it makes it harder to uh, put your horse in the right spot. Well, Tim, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the horses you'll be driving on Saturday night in the Blue Chip Matchmaker Constellation. You drive Scandalicious for trainer Scott D. Domenico. And uh, like Mike said before, you draw the rail with this uh, with this horse who, who seems to like to hit the board, but she uh, only has one victory in 12 starts this year. Yeah, she's got a little age on her. She's a hard-knocking mare, tries her butt off every week. And, uh, you know, with her drawing the rail, she's going to land close. She's got, you know, usable gate speed and, if heaven forbid she ever got loose on the lead, I would not be afraid to have her on the front. And uh, either way, she's got one big move to her, however you want to use it. Let's talk a little bit about Chris and me for uh, Joanne and uh, Joanne Looney King and Jim King. Uh, once again, you draw the rail here. This is in the George Morton Levy Constellation uh, race number eight. Failed to make the finals, but listen, $100,000, certainly nothing to sneeze at. And, uh, you know, you've got some pretty good horses in there. I mean, Long Live Rock, Killer Martini, you know, Missile J from the outside, who was who's, uh, an AE in the finals. But uh, what, do you think, uh, what do you think of Chris and me's chances coming into this one? You know, his last two starts have been very promising. Um, the first couple weren't bad. He just was very unlucky. You know, uh, very unlucky at that track can mean not doing any good. Um, and then his last two, he was uh, run up the rail for Jordan, and he raced really good. And then he come back and was a strong second to whatever day the large horses, uh, which end up knocking, um, you know, Missile J out of the final. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's in a good spot. I think the horse is sharp, and I think you're going to see speed at it from him and, I think it's going to be his race to control and either win or lose, in my opinion. All right, Tim. Well, let's talk a little bit about Sharton in the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series uh, final. Obviously, Celibate just draws to your outside, but you've got to be happy with the rail post draw. What kind of uh, game plan do you have going into there? Well, i got to get her out of their pace, and, you know, that's going to be the thing. But uh, I think last week, uh, J- trainer Jimmy and Joanne King, they, I think they found some things that was a problem, and I think she'll be like she was the first, you know, four eliminate, or four, four, first four heats of the matchmaker, and I think she'll be uh, putting in a good effort, and she's definitely a very talented mare. We're still working out some of the kinks on her, but uh, her speed is not an issue. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously she's, you know, kind of a newbie to the scene. What what are some of the things you thought when you uh, first kind of drove her? Did she come out as specialty, like, right away, or, is, or did she just have to grow on you a little bit? Well, she's always come highly touted, um, you know, from the connections down in Australia. And when she got here, you know, some of these uh, New Zealand Australian horses have to be Americanized, as I call it. And, uh, you know, she wanted to do it her way. And then over here you kind of, kind of, you got to be able to call audibles. And at first she wouldn't let us call audibles. And um, her last few, I've been very proud of her. She's grown leaps and bounds. You know, the last start, she just had a bad day. Um, You know, mares will do that. 
and uh, I, I don't see any, you know, any problem with their moving forward. You know, Tim, that's a great point, and I kind of get that question a lot of time, a lot of times from gamblers because usually when these horses come from New Zealand and Australia, especially when they're making their American debut, I think a lot of people don't realize that there is an adjustment period that goes into it. I mean, you know, you're racing down under, you're racing at different distances over a lot of different types of surfaces, and you know, when you make that travel to the states, sometimes it can be tough. How, in your opinion, when gamblers see horses coming from New Zealand for the first or second time, how do you, how should they react to it? You think? I think everyone is different. You know, some of them come over and they adjust really quickly, um, and some of them, I don't know if it's a ship over on the airplane or when they get here they get sick and they're highly touted, but when they're sick and they, uh, you know, some of them start bleeding and. Um, it affects all horses different, but the New Zealand horses and the Australian horses, which they have gotten way more Americanized over there because the breeding is more Americanized. And, you know, they, they're they racing shorter distances over there than they used to. Um, you know, a long time ago, it was two, three-mile races, and now they're getting closer to a mile. And uh, and their more Americanized breeding is getting over that way. But for the gambler, you just got to, you know, watch the qualifiers and, and the connections. uh you know, who has them, you know, the right connections, try to look forward five starts and thinking they have a really good horse and they're trying to get their money back that they paid for them. So they're not going to go out and now we're the 10,000 and gung ho them, you know, to just win the first race. They're trying to win, but they're going to do it the right way. Fantastic insight. Well, Timmy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. We'll let you get to work. Best of luck to you come Saturday and, uh, and best of luck throughout the year, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Anytime I'm here, whenever you need me. All right. Thank you, buddy. You got it, buddy. That was Tim Tetrick. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, he draws the rail in three spots in two of the uh, consolations, Mike, and the finals. And uh, we saw Sharpton. She made the break last week, but good, getting good inside information there from Tim, uh, Joanne, and uh, Jim King. Obviously making some adjustments. And we're going to see how it plays out come Blue Chip Matchmaker Series final going for 373000 well, he has a big opportunity to make a lot of money uh, on Saturday night. Um, like, obviously, the rail is where you want to be on a half-mile track, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where he positions Charton uh, and what, what happens with uh, Celibate just to his outside. If Celibate leaves, uh, the question is going to be, does he kind of, you know, kind of hold back a little bit and uh, take a pocket position, or does he kind of battle on and see what happens? Yeah, certainly lots of options there uh, for a driver, Tim Tetrick. Lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Jen Bongiorno, Jeff Baymond, Yannick Gingra, Pete Vinaglia, Janine Gessick, and uh, much more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's our George Morton Levy slash Blue Chip Matchmaker preview show, and it kicks on after this. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information.
Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th, for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the jack of all trades, Jen Bongiorno. Jen, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Well, the jack of all trades, uh, you are a trainer by day and handicapper by night, uh, it seems like. But uh, you've got evening of pleasure coming up at the George Morton Levy uh, final uh, talk to us a little bit, Jen, about how you uh, acquired Eden and a Pleasure so far this year. Yeah, so we uh, I got Evening of Pleasure because uh, the owner actually had asked Ronnie Burke to take uh, him again, but Ronnie was unable to because he had already had uh, horses that he owned um, going into the series. So he's not able to put a horse that he doesn't own, obviously, uh, ahead of the horses that he does own uh, himself and with his partnerships. So uh, he kind of directed him our way. Um, you know, Ronnie has definitely been a mentor to my brother and I. So it's really been a, a huge, huge thing. When I got the phone call, I was so, so excited. Um, and, and I'm just so thankful that we've had the opportunity to have this amazing horse in our barn. Jen, Mike Bozich here. Even in a pleasure, was a horse that uh, sprung quite an upset a couple of years ago back in the Molson Pace, now the Cambla Classic at uh, Western Fair, and has had a lot of success, you know, up there bouncing back from Canada in the States, now here at the States, getting over the half mile well. Jen, you draw post four here, and uh, listen, we talked to Tony Alanya 
Uh, we talked to Jordan Stratton, a bit of a legend. It seems like this is going to be a very active race going for $532,000 over a Yonkers surface that no longer has the passing lane. Where would you like to see Evening of Pleasure? What do you think would be the ideal position for him to be in when the gates, uh, when the gates fold? You know, it's so hard to say. I mean, when we looked at the race, my brother and I, we were super happy with our post position because we have such a versatile horse. I mean, we, you, everyone saw him blast out of the eight hole at 96 to one. So he has amazing speed, but also the week that we took him from off the pace, he was running over horses with the earplugs in. We trained him this week behind a horse and he just blew by him yesterday. So for me, I'm going to leave that up to my brother. Um, he's going to see how it works out. But the thing that I love is, is, to me, I have one of the most versatile horses in the race. And uh, I think that that's a huge, huge asset. Now, Jen, we've had a chance to talk to a couple of the other trainers and drivers. And this five-week grind of the George Morton Levy uh, can either, you know, really help some of those horses uh, tighten up or – you know, it can be a real grind for some of them. Talk to us a little bit about what it takes to get through this entire series and still have a fresh horse for the final. You know, that is the truth. I mean, five straight weeks in a row, especially at Yonkers, is, is definitely hard on any horse. Um, I, primarily, I do race at Yonkers. That is my home track. I love it. Um, but I normally like to schedule my horses where they'll race two or three weeks uh, there in a row and then get a week off. But obviously with this series, it's important to gather as many points as you can. Um, so for me, I have a horse that's a very sound horse. Um, so we really like planned his vet workout perfectly where he would get work going into this final. Um, but that, that's really it. You have to maintain them. You have to keep them sharp. You have to keep them happy and you have to stay on top of things with them. So I think some horses that are not the soundest, this series is very, very tough on them. Um, would I have liked to be able to take a week off last week? Yeah, I, I would have, but we needed to, uh, have enough points to make the final and, um, I think my horse is as tight as can be and as sharp as can be, and I think he's definitely going into this race as good as he can possibly be. Jen, looking ahead a little bit for Evening of Pleasure, do you have his season kind of mapped out, or are you, are you going to uh, just see how he performs in the Levy and take it from there, go one race at a time? To be completely honest, I think we're taking it one week at a time. When I was um, asked to take this horse, um, it was really to take him for the series. I mean, I definitely think the owner is happy with um, his performance down here. Uh, but I think going forward, we're going to just take it week by week. I know I, I would love to get an invite to that Cam Luck race. Um, he's won it before, so I would really, really love to have the opportunity to bring him there. For me, um, just being a part of these big races, it is so exciting for me. I, I always had watched them from the sidelines or from a handicapper um, point of view, but now um, actually being the trainer and, and having the pride that this is my horse that I work with every week and every day um, is, so, is so special to me. So if we were honored enough to have an invite, I'd be really excited to go up to that race. Fantastic, Jen. Well, listen, we certainly wish you the best of luck uh, coming up on Saturday. We appreciate you joining us. And you're still doing the handicapping night things at Cal Expo with Gary, right? Oh, yes. Um, my life is definitely a little bit crazy. Um, you know, I'll be at Yonkers. I'll be in race 11. If we win, I, I run out to the winner's circle, get my picture taken, and then 
speed off in my car to make it to go on for the Cal Expo Pick 4. So life's a little crazy right now. Cal Expo is wrapping up actually on uh, the first weekend in May. Uh, it's been a, an awesome opportunity. I've loved working with everyone there. So, uh, yeah, I'm still, uh, yeah, like you guys said, jack of all trades. I, I never stop working, that's for sure. Yeah, good people out there, Cal Lynx. Uh, it's got to be great working with a Hall of Famer like uh, Gary Seibel. Well, listen, you guys maybe have a little bit of a celebration then on the air uh, after Saturday. If you guys win that, you'll be celebrating on the air with Gary at Cal Expo. Exactly. Hall of Famer, I, I, I can't take uh Celebrating with a Hall of Famer would definitely be a pretty cool thing. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm really excited and, like I said, just honored to have a horse in the final. I, I can't really describe how special this entire process has been for me. All right, Gemma, listen, best of luck come Saturday. Best of luck down the road. And uh, I'm sure we'll check in with you. Uh, well, we'll check in with you a little bit later on in the year see how it's going. Thanks, Jen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right, that was Jen Bongiorno. Evening of pleasure, I'll tell you what, Mike. This source, in my opinion, has a real good chance of springing the upset. As a matter of fact, I'm going to release it now, Mike. This is actually my Levy pick starting from post four, and Jen brought up the reason why, because he's just so darn versatile. And I think in a race like this, where it's going to be crazy the first quarter of a mile, you've got to be versatile. Well, that's one thing about him, Mike, is that he's been able to, you know, he can sit in the pocket, he can come from off the pace. Remember last year, Bolton Pace, I mean, he chased right after a bit of a legend early um, after coming uh, from uh, third the year before. So, you know, that's one thing about even a pleasure. And the ability he has to strike in big odds, he cannot be left off the ticket. This could, he could potentially produce some very big payoffs. All right, well, still lots left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Jeff Payman, Yannick Shingra, Pete Finalia, Janine Gessick, and much, much more. Don't go anywhere. It's an exciting, action-packed edition. Boy, action-packed, no question. It's like a whirlwind. We talked about the two-minute offense. This certainly is it. You're on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st to October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in one and three that's a new track record competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs six roses at 35 to one bang soon go the fireworks 
catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Mike currently en route to the brand new Woodbine Mohawk facility. He's going to be uh, doing some stuff for our newsletter. And we've got news about our newsletter. Stay tuned. We'll release that a little bit later on in the program. But right now, it's time to bring in trainer Jeff Bayman. Jeff, the trainer of Mocket So, who's in the George Morton Levy final, going for 532,000 big ones. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys, how are you? Good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us here today. And first of all, before we get to market, so you were a uh, a pretty successful contestant in our 64-man George Morton Levy final. As a matter of fact, you made the final four. You took it on the chin a little bit last week, but I'll tell you what, it's been a it, it was a great tournament, and uh, you did a heck of a job, my friend. No, it was fun. My own my own horse let me down, but no, it uh, it, it, it was it was fun. Uh, it, it's kind of cool, it's, you know. It, it, it's definitely different. You guys do a good job with it. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. You're in the final four, and you, we'll definitely have to have you back last year because I mean, or next year because if you make the final four, then you know you you got to try to come back and and uh, you know defend that crown a little bit. But let's talk a little bit about market. So draws post six here in uh, this Levy final, and you know I'll tell you what, Jeff, I've looked at this race and uh, you know for quite a long time. And I'm trying to figure out how I think this race is going to shape out on paper. As a matter of fact, you talked about that in our newsletter article last week about trying to get a mental picture of how these races are going to shape up. And Jeff, I got to be honest with you. I've looked at this race 20 different times and I get 20 different pace shapes. So I am really confused about how this race is going to play out. How is it playing out in your head? Where, what kind of position would you like to be in for, with, uh, with Mark itself? I'm with you. I've looked at the race 30 times and I got 30 different positions because the way the the series goes, for the most part, every horse wants to be on the front. And now they all get in together and they all can't be on the front. So, I mean, I've had it a bunch of different times. You know, sitting the rail is not really a good spot anymore. I mean, obviously you'd like to be somewhere close. Uh, If you're not going to be on the lead, you want some decent pace, which they haven't had much of in the series. Uh, I said, I've looked at it 30 times, and just like you, I got 30 different scenarios. Obviously, Jeff, post number six is uh, better than post number eight. And I don't know what you paid Dave Miller to come back from Florida into the cold and snowy weather of Yonkers. But uh, you pick up David Miller this week from post number six. How much of a key is post position coming into the final this week, especially uh, with the passing lane being taken out? Uh, it's huge. This coming from someone who I think, uh, I think this is Mockett's fourth Levy final. I think he's drawn two eight holes and a seven hole before this. So uh, six hole feels good for that. But it, it's it's huge because, you know, being the inside, you can do what you want. But it seems pocket no longer is a great spot. So that's what that's what makes it real tricky now. The horses in the pocket really almost don't have a chance. 
Yeah, certainly. Tell us a little bit about Market So. I mean, this is a horse, like you said, four leafy finals, uh, you know, multiple stakes champion, just one of those good older paces that year after year just kind of gets it done. One of those really ex- kind of exciting horses to watch in my favorite division in, in racing bar none when you talk about those older paces. Tell us a little bit about Market So, how he is during the week, how he trains, and how, quite frankly, how he's trained coming up into this one. He's pretty pretty easy going. He's you know he's he's kind of quirky. You know he's got his things with him, but he's he's pretty easy going. He's pretty easy on himself. He's I mean it's easy to do because you can you can kind of do whatever you want with him. You can leave with him. You can come off the pace. I mean that's the way he, you know he trains. He gives you a good training mile. He, he trained good this week, but he's he's pretty he's pretty simple in, in that respect. He doesn't do anything wrong. Which I guess how you last you know, to be eight years old and still going in the division. It is my favorite division too. It's always been my favorite division, but it's, it's a real hard division. So it's, you kind of have to be easy on yourself to make it this long. Now, Jeff, we've talked to a couple of the other trainers about this long five week grind. Talk to us a, a little bit about uh, kind of the regimen that Mockett's always kind of went through to uh, keep himself together over the last couple of weeks and uh, make the final. You know, it, it, the, the part that's interesting is everyone says it's a five-week series, but most of the horses had, you know, at least two qualifiers. He actually had three before. So most of these horses have been going for seven, eight weeks in a row. That's a long time for these things. You know, that's, they're not overnight horses pretty much. He, you know, like I said, he takes care of himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not that hard on himself. You know, one training mile a week, jog, and he's, he's, he's pretty basic. And I can't imagine having one that's real, real hard on themselves and trying to go this many weeks in a row. He's fortunate that he's pretty easy with himself. All right. Well, Jeff Linson, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you in the finals. Mock it so from post six, four to one in the morning line. Good luck to you uh, this weekend. And uh, obviously good luck to you going forward. You've got a a pretty good stable of horses, always a a force to be reckoned with uh, here in the, on the East coast, buddy. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right. That was Jeff Bayman, trainer of Market So. And, uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you, Mike, I've looked at this thing, and uh, this is going to be crazy. I mean, I don't know if this is one of those types of races where you want to sit down to try to figure out pace shape because uh, I, I don't know if you can really get an accurate answer or description of how this race is going to turn out. I tell you, Mike, this is one of those races where you almost want to hit the all button in a yeah. pick three or pick four or pick five because anybody can win this race, uh, depending on how the pace scenario sets up. If they fly to the opening quarter, they're going to be flying late uh, from the back. If they go soft to the opening quarter, then those, that doesn't set up as well for the closers. So uh, this is a race where I might push the all button. Yeah, yeah, that might not be a bad idea because uh, you could definitely get a price. I think there's going to be value abound in this particular race. Uh, still left the, lots left to come on this edition, actually. Yannick Jingra, the Hilltop Helper, Pete Finale, plus Janine Gessick, our good friend from Pacing for the Cure, is going to stop by as well. We've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a close champion here. Breeders Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foils again. Dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again. 
You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the Green Hornet, Yannick Jingra. Yannick, how's it going this morning, my friend? Yeah, everything's good. How about you guys? Not too bad. Well, Yannick, before we dive into the Matchmaker and Levy races, uh, talk uh, just briefly uh, about Foiled again. If you talk to Ronnie Burke, how's he doing? And uh, what's, he, uh, what's he up to right now? Uh, he told me like a few weeks ago when he turned him out for a month, a month off and a month back. So uh, I'm just gonna take him, uh, you know, on a tour to, you know, go around the, a lot of the racetrack, you know, just kind of like a final tour for him. And you know, people love seeing him at the track. You know, they love to come and pet him and uh, get to see him. So um, that's gonna be uh, in his uh, future coming up soon. All right, fantastic. Well, Yannick, you got a big weekend coming up. Uh, Blue Chip Matchmaker Series Consolation. Let's talk about that. Race number seven on the Saturday at Yonkers. L.A. Delight. Boy, she's, you know, she, she's been good. She didn't make the finals, but nonetheless, she's here. But she draws post position number eight. Obviously, a less than desirable post at Yonkers. But uh, still five to two in the morning line, only behind uh, Blue Chip Matchmaker defending champ McKenzie. What, uh, what are your thoughts on L.A. Delight coming into this one? Well, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, to me that she didn't make the final. You know, uh, that's what's tough about not racing in the you know four or five legs. You know, so had uh, she just raced in one more leg, no matter what the result would have been, she'd have made the final. I, I think she's as good as anybody in the final. Um, she's a really good horse, and I thought she raced good when she did race. And um, you know, now obviously we're saddled with post eight, which, which makes it tough on a half. But she, she's a very good horse, and uh, I think she can win from there. Now, Yannick, coming up in the uh, George Morton Levy Constellation Drive, Killer Martini, who has three victories on the year with just over $94,000 in the bank. You draw post three, but you have Chris and me and Long Live Rock towards the inside. Uh, talk about this race and uh, how tough is it going to be uh, for you? Well, the horse race was really good last week. You know, I never drove him before. And, uh, uh, Bucci told me that uh, he's a little bit, uh, you know, a lazy horse, but, you know, he, you know, he got to get his attention and stuff. But I thought he raced. He raced tremendous. You know, obviously, uh, probably the horses could beat her to my inside. But, um, you know, I, I think my horse is coming to the race sharp, too. You know, I thought he, like I said, I, I thought he raced really well last week. And um, we'll play it out by here, see what happens behind the gate, and, um, and I'll go from there. 
Yannick, let's get into the blue chip final with Medusa starting from post three. She's six to one on the morning line. Obviously, the the uh, two horses that are going to get a lot of the wagering attention. Sharton, who uh, has been kind of like a bull in the china shop the first couple of lengths. She draws post one. And of course, you've got the always tough celibate from post two. So you got some tough horses inside of you. What do you think about Medusa's chances coming up? Well, I thought I'd have beat Cell a bit last week if I got through. Um, you know, I, I never got to kick the earplug, never got to ask her. Um, you know, she, it was, uh, you know, two old trip, no passing rail, so that's the way it went last week. Uh, I think my mare, my mare's coming in really sharp as well. You know, post three is uh, it's a good spot for her. And, uh, you know, Cell a bit's going to have to behave, obviously, this week. Um, you know, she was uh, a handful last week, so we'll see how it goes. And uh, she's definitely, she's a, she's a top horse, no doubt about it. But, um, you know. Well, uh, I, I know my horse is coming into the race sharp as well, and uh, she's going to have a shot. Now, Yannick, in the George Morton Levy final, going for a purse of $532,000, you draw post eight with Rocket Ron, who defeated Wiggly Jigglet in the uh, pre day just a couple of years ago. Post eight uh, is, is a tough spot to be at Yonker Raceway, but now that the passing lane is gone and the pace scenario up front has a chance to collapse, is this uh, is this as tough as of, of a position as you think it could be? Yeah, it's it's a tough spot, no doubt about it. You know, uh, um, you know, post eight is tough. Like, and the horses come into the race. No, I, I I'm hoping in, in much better shape. He started out the series really well, and then uh, you know he wasn't right, obviously, in, in the fourth fourth. Uh, Fourth, no, fourth week, fourth uh, no leg of the series, and uh, Ronnie decided to give him a week off, and they said he's really, really good now. But obviously, like post eight, but yeah, I mean, it's tough no matter which way you look at it. If you race from the back, it's still that means you're gonna have to be like no third, fourth, fifth over, even maybe um, going really wide in the last turn, or, or you you know go up the inside, hoping you know no passing rail. There's obviously less room in the stretch, you know, less chance of of daylight, but you can take a shot that way or. Or you can leave really hard and and, uh, and take a shot, you know. So like one way or the other, would just you know, you know, against eight ball really in a way. But uh, it, it definitely makes it hard for him, and, and it's unfortunate because uh, I think uh, the horse would have had a great shot from the inside. But you know, we'll make the best of it and take a look behind the gate and and go from there. Yannick, before we let you go, obviously a couple of months ago you were kind of you're on our great passing lane debate that we had with uh, Rod Ellums and a couple of others, and uh, you kind of aired your opinion. Everybody aired their opinion about whether the passing lane, uh, whether it was a good thing that they took it out, and now you've had a chance to drive over that surface for a couple of months without the passing lane. What uh, what are your thoughts now that you've had a chance to to drive over it? Is it uh, you still the same opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that uh, until, like I said back then, until they make the turns, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be doing what they want it to do. You know, it's it's still impossible to be out three turns at Yonkers. Um, you know, if you're out two turns, you're it's it's really hard. So uh, you know, they they want more action. They want people to come, you know, to make moves. But like I said back then, and I said it's still the same now. Drivers do what works, and and being out three turns don't work. So you know, I don't. I mean, I think the racing is maybe a little bit better. But I, I don't think it's it's what it could be with bank turns. And I, I think if no, I would have no problem with it. Uh, you know, if we could work live on the outside, I think it would be exciting and and it's good for the fans. And what's good for the fans, is good for us. But uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, like I said, drivers do what do what works, and and being outside doesn't work at Yonkers Raceway. All right, good stuff. Well, Yannick, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you come Saturday, and uh, best of luck as the year progresses. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. All right, that was driver Yannick Zingra, 
And uh, well, I'll tell you what, got his hands full with Rock and Ron, who uh, draws post eight. And obviously, Mike Rock and Ron is known for his speed. And uh, I'll tell you what, the only problem this time, Mike, is that there's a, a bunch of other speed that's uh, going to be to the inside of Rock and Ron, thus making him that twenty one or a twenty to one morning line. Yeah, I have a feeling this might be one of those where there's six or seven wide around the first turn. I mean, that's yeah. how much speed is in this race. And, you know, I mean, you know, it was interesting to kind of hear him talk about post number eights, and it was interesting to kind of hear what he had to say because with the pace scenario for Rock and Ron, uh, post eight, if he was a closer, a deep closer, might not be so bad, but uh, this is going to be a tough go at it for post number eight. Uh, if he wins, I think even Yannick will be surprised. All right, let's take a quick time out. When we come back, it's our good friend, the Hilltop Helper. He's been holding our hand a little bit throughout this whole thing, this Levy and Matchmaker throughout the weeks, and and he's going to have to do it one more time because this is a – tell you what, this is a tough race to dissect. A great card coming up Saturday at Yonkers, and we'll talk to uh, Pete Finale when we come back all about it on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. Oh boy, a great card coming up on Saturday at Yonkers Raceway, and we have reached the end of the Blue Chip Matchmaker and George Morton Levy series. And uh, let's bring in our good friend from the Hilltop Helper, Pete Finale. And I, Pete, I gotta tell you, you've been holding our hand uh, through the whole through this whole five weeks with us, and uh, we need your help more than ever now, my friend, because looking at this Levy thing, this is really, really a puzzle. I mean, this thing is. This thing could just go about a million and five different ways. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I was waiting for the post, and I was hoping uh, I mentioned a few times that my my favorite is a bit of a legend, and unfortunately, he's put himself. Uh, he's been put in a position now where he's going to have to get some luck in this week, and uh, he may very well get it though, because uh, I think Jeff made a good point a little while ago that. You know, we've had a lot of slow paces throughout uh, the the various legs, but now all of a sudden you get those horses, all of whom who want the front, we may actually get some activity up front, particularly with the horses drawn in slots two, three, and four this week. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. You've got a great show today. You've got a lot of good insights from everyone. But I can tell you one thing. I'm the only one who's guaranteed to be in the winner's circle for both because we're broadcasting from the from the winner's circle. So, well, well, Mike, listen before we let you jump in, and I got I got to tell you something, Pete. You know, I was hoping that I mean, we we've had uh, what seven guests that have interest 
in this uh, George Morton Levy and, uh, you know, those four races combined with the consolations and, of course, the matchmaker and Levy final. And I was hoping to kind of get some clarity on where I'm going to go. And I'm, I'm even more confused now than I was, than I was uh, before the show. Well, everybody sounds confident, but it's just going to be a terrific night. Look, you know, we've had such a great year this year at Yonkers. We're having so much fun with the, 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 the handle increases. But we got over $1.3 million in purses this Saturday. We, we were very proud of our driver's colony at Yonkers Raceway, but then we had people like Tim Tietrich, Yannick Jingra, and the, the Millers are there on Saturday. It's just going to be a fantastic night of racing. This this is a night to be at the track. If, you can watch, if, you, if, you're, if you're watching it online, that's fine, but, boy, it's a fun time to be out there. We really enjoy being out in the winter's circle for a big night like this. Yeah, we had last week... No, I was just going to say, you were really springboarding into this with some just major efforts last week. We had three horses who got in with Hail Mary efforts, Celibate, Dudes a Lady, and Keystone Velocity. They needed the win to get in the final, and, then, and boy, they got in there. That was really exciting, I'm sure, for the connections going for the kind of money we're going on Saturday. All right, well, let's jump into these races and see where we're going. The Blue Chip Matchmaker Series Constellation is race number seven. And uh, boy, did post draw really kind of affect uh, kind of affect this race. You have L.A. Delight for post eight. Last year's Blue Chip Matchmaker Champion McKenzie draws post number six. And then towards the inside, you have Miss Irish Rose and Scandalous uh, with driver Tim Tietrich aboard. Uh, talk about an exciting race uh, with some of the heavy hitters on the outside. Yeah, and it's, it is the situation where I think the two most logical horses are on the outside. L.A. Delight uh, has uh, has done well and would have been in the final, as it was as Yannick pointed out, just not being able to be in two of the legs, cost that one enough points so that she couldn't be there. Uh, difficult, though, from out there. I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of speed drawn to her immediate inside, or for that matter, really in the field. It's not a, a very speed-laden field, so... I would expect uh, Yannick to be taking a shot here to put that one in play. Uh, but, I, you know, I just have to go in the direction of Mackenzie A. We talked about it last week. She was eighth in the point standings. So she was vulnerable, and she came up just short after missing a week. Uh, and so she wasn't able to make the final. But, boy, she was just brilliant in last year's Blue Chip Match Ranker final. And I think she's going to be equally brilliant this Saturday. Pete Tritton's barn really has to, everybody's on firing on all cylinders now. All right. TV and Chris and me draws the inside with Tim Tietrich aboard. Long Live Rock uh, draws post number two. And then, of course, we just talked to Yannick Jingra about Killer Martini. And he, he mentioned about how good Killer Martini raced last week from post number three. This is a uh, pretty wide open field as well with another heavy hitter in Missile J on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this every week on the show that aggressiveness wins races, and there was no better example of that than last week with Killer Martini. Uh, gets away third, and, and Yannick just sent that one to the top, and once that one made the top, he just kept on going. I think this is a trickier spot. He's going he's to get away third again, I, I would expect, at best, because uh, the two to his inside, I think, are going to be aggressively driven. I, I kind of had the feeling last week, we talked about it, that Long Live Rock was sitting on a big race last week, uh, and uh, and he just uh, really uh, handled the field uh, effortlessly last week. 
And I think Long Live Rock can be driven aggressively by Dan Dubay here to, to make the top here. Chris and me was very disappointing to my mind in the first few weeks, along with a couple of other horses. But as that series has, has moved along, I was sitting next to uh, the Kings uh, last week when uh, Chris and me raced, and they were just delighted with the, the effort that that one put in. Uh, and I would expect him to be very aggressive in this spot and be very well placed. And I think that gives that one a tactical – I mean, this tactical edge over the field. I mean, this one is just the, – the resume that this one had down on it was just incredibly impressive. Missile J, what can you say? Missile J's had a lot of bad luck in the series. And lo and behold, Saturday gets the seven hole, another tough spot. Uh, Jason Bartlett picks up the driving for Tim Tietrich, who, of course, goes with Chris and me in the round. All right, race number nine is the $373,000 blue chip matchmaker final. And talk about a wide open affair here, but you have Celibate and Sharton towards the inside. Sharton making that very uncharacteristic break uh, last week. Uh, what did you make of that, and uh, how do you see this race setting up? Yeah, I mean, let's have some fun with Saturday, right? If Sharton and hadn't done that last week, everybody would be looking at this race as a complete walkover. But now you have the big question mark. It was a double break last week. Uh, I know the connections were were surprised when they saw the second break, even more so than the first one. And they were figuring maybe there's something wrong. But I, apparently, uh, again, having seen the Kings on Saturday, they, they really have not identified anything that's problematic. Uh, you'd have to give Shorten, Shorten the, the the big edge here on Saturday with the inside, but I don't know that I would want to take a, a, a short price on a, uh, you know a mare coming out off of that kind of an effort. Look, celibate in uh, finally put I thought a full effort in, and Jordan was saying earlier that this is the last week was the best that one's been. So uh, and cer- almost certainly we'll be setting up shop right behind Shorten on on. Uh, on Saturday, uh, you have Medusa, who I think has a very unfortunate three-hole, because I think that one's going to have to have either come first up or, or get lost on the wood. I wouldn't dissuade anyone, though, from taking a shot with some big prices. There's a couple of 20-to-one 20, 20 shots on the morning line. Uh, I've, I've been a big fan of Twinkle. You know, Twinkle's in a tough, tough spot. It's, it's only been a third at the half, I think, in three of her 16 career starts. But when you're 13 for 16 and you're 20 to 1 morning line, that gets my attention. So Twinkle is an interesting one. I think that one may be able to be put in play here, at least for a tuck somewhere in there. And uh, Moto Moonbeam has done some tremendous work at big prices. So I wouldn't dissuade anyone from taking a shot with that one. So I, I think you have the logical lineup here of Shorten and Celibate. But if you want to take a swing for something, I would suggest Twinkle or Moto Moonbeam. All right, now the time. Now's the time. There we go. Let's get to the big one. Let's get to the big one, right? The George Morton Levy final, five hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. And I feel like we've kind of we've almost talked this race to death, but you can't talk this race to death because there's just so many different angles with so much speed, so much closing that class. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Pete, what do you see happening in this race? Well, I, again, we talked about this during the series about last year's Levy final when, you know, it really wasn't obvious that Keystone Velocity was going to be blasting from the gate. But when we talked to Dan after the race, he said, well, if I took back, I wasn't going to get anything. So I had to uh, get away from the gate in good order. And that he did. He got a perfect pocket trip behind McWicked. Uh, and he, he, obviously in this kind of a spot, 
you would expect Dr. J. Hanover is going to be blasting, as Tony said earlier, and uh, Keystone Velocity is not going to want to be sitting third in this race. So uh, I would expect that one to be blasting because if he doesn't blast, you'll see Evening of Pleasure certainly blast. Now, I don't know what Evening of Pleasure is going to do this week. Uh, got out of the gate very quickly last week, very impressively. Got around Keystone Velocity easily. Uh, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to take back with that one. So I think you have three potential candidates to really blast out of the gate in good order. Of course, Western Fame is down on the inside, and Western Fame has acquitted himself extremely well as a five-year-old in this series. And then mid-pack, you have some horses. You have like somewhere in L.A. who put in that great move last year, first up to finish second in the final. Uh, that's a versatile horse who's been really sharp uh, recently. Last week was sort of an impossible spot, so I, you, you can wipe that one off. Mocket So and Rock and Ron, I think, have not quite acquitted themselves as well as they have in, in prior races. Those are both extremely talented horses. And that leaves me with my horse. I don't know what kind of trip he's going to get, but I saw the Garrity uh, last year, and I, I'm, I'm counting on bit of a legend to, to make one big move at the end. Uh, I'm hoping he doesn't get too much uh, uh, excess cover here, but uh, he's just been very impressive to me this year. I don't think he's done anything wrong. And I'm hoping he's 9-1 to one on the morning line. I, I'd like to take a shot with him and just hope that uh, they, they mix it up like they did in the Garrity last year. You know, one thing that I want to kind of point out, uh, Pete, is how big of a mile Bit of a Legend went in the very first leg. Uh, obviously, he came flying from off the pace. And that's one big thing that I like about Bit of a Legend coming into a race like this where there's a lot of uh, tactical speed is if everybody blasts off of there and they kind of kill each other early, this could really set up uh, for like a bit of a legend or even like a rock and run in Drew Post 8. Yeah, I think I think rock and run, unfortunately, I uh, did not like his last couple of races, and then he was out last week, so I, I think there were some major question marks associated with that one. But the thing I like about Bit of a Legend, too, we talked about how tough and grueling the series can be, particularly if you start in all five like Bit of a Legend has, all five legs. Um, he did that uh, in the uh, in, in the year when he won in 2016. He won uh, every leg. He won the final, and he just got stronger as he went throughout the series. Remember, in the last leg, he, he ended up uh, dead hitting with Wiggle It Jiggle It and just an incredibly impressive effort. Uh, and so I just think he's had five starts this year. He didn't have any starts before the series. He won his 2018 debut in the first leg. I think he's getting better. He's going to need some luck, but if the luck comes his way, he can take advantage of it, and I'm going to have my money on bit of a legend. All right. Well, Pete, listen, you have walked us through this entire series over the past couple of weeks. We certainly appreciate you coming on. And, listen, we'll be looking forward to uh, having you on for the Yonkers International Trot, the Yonkers Trot. You guys have a ton of more stakes coming up. So it'll be, uh, it's been fun, though. Yeah, again, thank, thanks again for having me uh, during the series. It's been a lot of fun. And, Mike, thank you much, very much for all the work you did on the Bracket Buster Challenge. It's a great idea. The SOA of New York was proud to be part of that. Uh, but uh, you, I know it's a lot of work, and, and it, but it's really been worth it. Thanks again. Well, it, well, listen, each week it's gotten a lot easier. The first week was probably the hardest, and, uh, you know, from there it got easier. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know what? It created a lot of, you know, kind of some interesting buzz on social media, so that made it fun as well. Yeah, and uh, I, 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 I was following it. It was interesting. It was, it was interesting following Jeff in the series, but uh, he's already cashed out. So we've got four people of cash, and then good for them. And congratulations to the winners. All right, Pete. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And listen, enjoy the great racing you guys have coming up this weekend at Yonkers Raceway. Thanks a lot, guys.
All right, Mike, that was Pete Zanelia from Yonkers Raceway. And talk about, you know, a, a case of the pace scenarios. He really didn't kind of clear anything up for us at all. I don't think there is anybody that's going to be able to clear anything for us up on that particular race. That's going to be a – well, I, I keep using Tony Alonio's quote. It's, it's going to be a Wild West show. If you're a guy that likes to – or if you're, if you're a handicapper that likes to do the whole pace scenario thing and try to create that mental image in your head of how the race is going to uh, shape up, you better figure out a different strategy come, uh, come uh, George Morton Levy Day because – that's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's definitely going to it, be. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, it might be a race, Mike, where you have to hit the all button. And I think in the exotics, underneath, like exactas and tries, you're really going to have to think about the all button because anybody could finish second or third or even fourth in this race. By the way. Uh, real quick, and then we're going to bring Janine Gensick in here uh, from Pacing for the Cure. But have you seen the lineup for qualifiers on Saturday at the Meadowlands? Some great horses set to qualify. Broadway Donna, International Money, Tuana Blue Rex, Yes Mickey, Hanalore Hanover, Caprice Hill, Crazy Wow, uh, there's more, too. I'm just kind of going through it. But it's a boogie shuffle, one of my favorite horses. Pedro Hanover. Eddard Hanover is a good one. Rock and Tony. Filibuster Hanover. Check Six. Bloodline. Darling on the Beach. Western Hill. Oh, man. Some good ones. Coming up on Saturday well, qualifiers listen, at the Meadowlands. You, you make Saturday well your hardest. Uh, make Saturday your hardest racing day. Listen, you might as well have uh, you might as well have wagering on these races, Mike. I mean, they are some competitive, competitive races. And the reigning horse of the year, Hanover Hanover comes back. And uh, we found out from trainer Ron Burke earlier this year she's not going to Savala. So yep. uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of snakes path she takes. Does she face the boy? Or does she kind of take the roots of the girls and then kind of face the boys towards the end? It'll be interesting to see if she can kind of repeat that Lexington 149-3 and three performance from last year. Mike, even though we still have one more segment left on the show, I know you've got to bail here in just a few minutes. You are on the road, uh, headed up to Woodbine Mohawk, the brand-new digs up there, the new uh, kind of the Ontario home, I guess, of artist racing. I mean, between, the, between Woodbine and Mohawk there, and it's – Going to be fantastic. I know for you to see. You're going to check it out. You're going to have an article in our newsletter, which now, Mike, will come out on Mondays. So that's a little bit of a change. We've been releasing it on Thursday, our first, what, 10 or 15 issues or so. But we're going to move our release date and our issue date for our newsletter from Thursdays to Mondays from now on. So, and there's a couple different reasons behind that. I think, uh, you know, I mean, if you look at all the great publications that come out, HRU comes out on Fridays and Sundays. DRF Harness comes out on Thursdays. You've got uh, Gordon Waterstone's fantastic newsletter that he puts out over the weekend at HarnessRacing.com. So it's kind of like staying away from tracks, Mike. We see the, the openness Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and, you know, we decide what the heck. Let's, uh, let's, let's move our, our uh, product to an area where there's not as much competition, so to speak. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, it helps uh, it helps all of us out. It helps me and you out, uh, especially now that you're uh, you're you're back at work. And you know, you know, it's uh, it's easier for us uh, in a way to kind of get through the weekend and uh, kind of build some of our stories up. So it'll be it'll be cool to get it all together on a Monday's Barnsdale Vests. We'll still be in there. Um, we're actually going to talk to Garnett Barnsdale tonight while we're at Mohawk or Woodbine Mohawk Park, and uh, we'll just have to kind of see how it all plays out. You'll be breaking bread with him, and that'll be fantastic. Anything else we should look forward to at Woodbine Mohawk tonight, or Mohawk Woodbine tonight before we uh, before we let you go? Uh, no Ken Middleton tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, Mark McKelvey will be filling in, calling the races. And, uh, I believe, I don't know what race it is, I believe uh, we're going get to get a chance to jump on the microphone for one of the races, and uh, he's going to put me to work. And so... Uh, we'll just have to. I've been. I've called one race there ever, and it was uh, July two years ago. And uh, it's a great booth, but when they turn for home, uh, you sort of need the television screen. I'm glad they've got track it. That's for sure. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, we're looking forward to hearing you tonight. But without further ado, Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure uh, had a chance. We had a chance to sit down and talk with her yesterday, and she sent out a lot of thank yous, and uh, certainly. One of the biggest thank yous that she's not going to send out is to herself. So we're going to thank Janine and Jeff for all they do uh, for the sport of harness racing and the multiple sclerosis awareness throughout the sport. So without further ado, let's uh, take a listen to Janine Gessig from Pacing for the Cure. As Jeff and I reflect back on our first two years since starting Pacing for the Cure, and as we begin our third year, one word comes to mind, gratitude. We are both inspired to start pacing for the cure because MS was affecting one member in each of our families. However, throughout the two years traveling to events across the country, we have become even more inspired by the stories we have heard from others who are struggling with the physical and emotional strain of living with MS or helping a family member or friend deal with their daily challenges. I have to say our gratitude extends to so many. The individual donors that have come out to events to support us and the MS honorees. A special shout out to our families who have supported us since the inception. Our corporate sponsors. Thank you, Winback, Diamond Creek, Sugar Valley and Blue Chip Farms, Home and Enterprises, the Standard Bread Association, MSOA, DSOA, OHHA, Standard Bread Owners Association of New Jersey, and PHHA, Equistem, USTA, the Harness Racetracks that have hosted us for Pacing for the Cure events. Thank you, Meadowlands, Scioto Downs, The Meadows, Harris, Philadelphia, The Red Mile, and those that will be hosting us this year, Ocean Downs, and the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. The harness drivers who have joined the annual A Dollar Per Win Driver Trainer Challenge and have made their 2017 donations. Thank you, Russell Foster, Victor Kirby, Tony Morgan, Art Stafford Jr., Mike Wilder, Tony Hall, Wilbur Yoder, and the Ohio Lady Pacers, Emily Hay and Jamie Coffey. We hope more drivers and trainers will be inspired to join throughout the year. The harness drivers who have donated their colors for our Colors for the Cure program and which are raffled off at our events. Thank you, John Campbell, Josh Sutton, and Andy Miller. Study donations. Thank you, Winback, 
Diamond Creek, Sugar Valley Farms, Badlands Racing, and George Teague Stable. Community events, where we were invited to showcase our charity and in which donations were made to Pacing for the Cure. Thank you, Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey, Open Space Pace at Freehold Raceway, and Talbots of Marlton, New Jersey. The Hoofbeats Magazine. Thank you, T.J. Burkett, for having sports writer Marvin Pave collaborate with us to produce articles highlighting our story. Mr. Bill G., our pacing ambassador and mascot. He has created a following on Facebook and at Delaware Racetrack and is helping us raise awareness. Sci Racing. Thank you, Heather Vital, our on-location media personality that interviews Mr. Bill G. at the Felton Delaware Farm throughout the year. Post time with Mike and Mike. Thank you, Mike Bozich and Mike Carter for giving us the opportunity to keep Pacing for the Cure visible within the harness racing community throughout the year. Our Pacing for the Cure all-volunteer board of directors who have provided us with their industry knowledge and specialized expertise. We could not have done this without their unending support. Thank you, Barbara Gessick, Richard Corey, Joe Stuber, Ashley Petrick, Heather Wilder, Carolyn Vasquez, and Allison Conte. The Philadelphia Phillies, thank you for providing a portion of the ticket sales to Pacing for the Cure last year and for doing the same this year on Monday, May 21st at 7 p.m. For those in the Delaware Valley area planning to attend a Phillies game this year, this is the perfect opportunity to have a fun night out and help us raise funds for those living with multiple sclerosis. Now, here's the best part. Because of the generosity of everyone involved, we have already donated $30,000 to MS Research and provided medical equipment and services to individuals in financial need in the harness racing community. We have money available to help others in need, so we ask that you please contact Jeff at Pacing for the Cure or me, Janine, at pacingforthecure.org. Our dedicated volunteers and your donations are truly helping us make a difference. Thank you for your generosity and ongoing support. We are forever grateful. And we look forward to seeing you at an event in your area. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return to the Hamiltonian State. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. 
For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. Second at 11 a.m. Be there. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. And uh, Mike Carter continues to inch closer to uh, his location at uh, Mohawk. And uh, where are you now, buddy? Well, listen, I'm, uh, I'm passing Canada to my left. Uh, we're actually headed to the falls first. And uh, so Canada's to the left of me. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be hanging out in the falls. Uh, we'll be up at Woodbine Mohawk Park between 5 and 5.30. Stop me for a chance to win a spot on our Pepsi North America Cup show, Mike. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, i got to get rolling. We're 17 minutes away from a start here at Harris, Philadelphia. So uh, make sure you check that out if you're looking for some afternoon harness. And, of course, check out uh, Woodbine Mohawk tonight. It's going to be fantastic, Mike. Uh, you're going to be up there in the booth. That's a, that's a given now? We etched that in stone? Oh, yeah. We'll be up at the booth. Uh, we'll let everybody know what race it is, and uh, we'll have some fun. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Be safe up there. Thank you to all of our guests that joined us here today. And uh, thank you for all of you who listened here today. And we'll be back next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody.